Hey, good morning, everyone. Y'all having a great weekend? All right, let's stand together and let's worship Jesus this morning. Come set your rolling rain in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze and fall like wildfire in our very soul. Holy Spirit, come invade us now. Cause we are your church and we need your power.
Let's open our hearts to God this morning. Let's just ask him and invite him to awaken our hearts to his presence. Come like you promised. 
tragedy that happened on Friday. We can just say, once again, we're seeing this darkness in our world. But here's our reality. The only one that can change that darkness is the one that's greater than anything that we can face in this life, and that's Jesus. We need him. We desperately need his presence to change the atmosphere of our lives, to change the atmosphere of our country to change the atmosphere of our world. We need a real and present savior. And the Bible talks about the fact that he inhabits the praises of his people. So when we praise him, when we choose to open our hearts and we choose to confess and say, God, you are Lord of all, and we invite his presence, something happens. The atmosphere in the room starts to change and in the midst of his presence, that's where we see healing happen. It's where we see chains fall. It's where we see restoration happen. And that comes by us being open and aware of his presence and his spirit. And so that's what we're doing this morning. That's what we're doing in these moments. We're inviting the presence of God to come in and change our lives so that we can go and we can be vessels of light in this world. And so open your heart now. Just begin to praise God. Just begin to invite him. And watch his presence do amazing things as we invite him to change the atmosphere of the room this morning. Doesn't matter what heaviness you brought in. Doesn't matter what struggle you brought in. As you open and as you invite the presence of God in, things change. It changes the atmosphere from heaviness to light. It changes the atmosphere of darkness to light. So let's just praise him with everything we have this morning. Jesus, we invite your presence. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, move in this place, God. 
something, you're burdened for someone, for something. Just open your heart right now and let a prayer rise up to God. Just begin to cry out to Him. His presence is here. Let Him move. Let Him breathe on it. Let Him lift your heaviness. For His yoke is easy and His burden is light. Let him sweep across this room and let him do what only his presence can do in our lives. Just begin to worship him and call down heaven to move. Jesus, we invite you. 
Spirit of God fall fresh on us. We need your presence. Your kingdom come, your will be single person here that has come to meet with you, that has come to seek your heart, God. That's why we're here, to encounter your presence, to encounter the living, breathing God that you are. And so, Jesus, speak to us, Father. Let us withhold nothing from you. Let's just be open before you, open hearts, open hands. God, just move through our, through our lives. We've just gathered here, God, to lift up the name of Jesus, the name above all names. God, we invite you. We love you. And we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated and watch this video. 
Hi, I'm Deborah Johnson, and I really appreciate the volunteers here at Salem Fields, specifically the greeters. They're right there at the door when you come in, and it's such a feeling of warmth and welcome. Sometimes you never know who needs a smile or who needs a hug. And that's sort of an extension of who Jesus is. He really does reach out to us. And sometimes that smile greets us and it's just like, thank you. Thank you for caring about me. So thank you, greeters. Thank you for the welcome. Hi, I'm Kelly and I really appreciate the volunteers at Salem Fields Community Church. One of my children in the youth ministry is a wallflower and the volunteers have really brought her out of that shell. In the youth ministry, they offer the discipleship program and she came to me and said she really wanted to go through it and now she is discipling somebody else. She's the junior disciple now to someone else. That's really awesome. So maybe you might wanna consider being a volunteer to share real hope with anyone everywhere. Good morning, everyone. Y'all having a great weekend so far? Hey, so we've been talking about Summer Serve the past couple weeks, and uh, as you can see, man, when you serve, it makes a difference, you know, and you might think that it, it doesn't, but these are stories that we've been hearing every single week of, of really how serving just really impacts every single person that comes through our doors, and so uh, this is such a great opportunity uh, for you to be able just to commit to uh, eight weeks it's just a really short time to just be able to, to experience a ministry and really just find uh, what God is calling you to step out and do. And so there's a table right as you walk out those doors uh, where you can get signed up today. And I'm telling you, it's going to be an experience that, that you will not regret. So I really want to encourage you uh, to do that. So, hey, if you're a guest with us here this morning, welcome to Sandlow Fields. We are so glad that you guys are here worshiping with us this morning. And hopefully you got a program as you came in. Within that program is just a connection card. You can just fill that out for us. Uh, we're, there's some buckets that are going to come by during this next song. Just drop that in the bucket. And uh, we just really want to be able to connect with you and, and answer any questions that you might have. And so we really also want to encourage you. There is a, a table out in the lobby that has a banner that says, First Time Guest, Stop Here. And so there's a gift for you there. And we really just want to meet you. We really just want to get to know you and, and uh, just connect with you. So definitely want to encourage you, stop by that table as you leave uh, so that we can meet you. Um, just want to give you guys a couple of quick announcements of everything that's coming up here at the church. Um, you guys are here on Sunday morning, but next Saturday uh, night we will not be having service for uh, Memorial Day weekend. So we're going to take the Saturday night service off. Uh, but we will still have regular service on Sunday at 9 and 11. So plan on being here for that. But if you're planning on coming Saturday, we just wanted to make you aware of that. Also coming up next week during the 9 a.m. service uh, is our membership class. Uh, so come and take the membership class at 9 a.m. and then stay for the 11 o'clock service. And really, this is a class uh, that just gives you the rundown of everything Salem Fields Community Church. Everything that you could possibly want to know from the story, the vision, the beliefs, the mission, all of it. And so I teach that class and it is an amazing opportunity just for me to get to connect with all of you and really answer any questions that you guys might have about the church. So I want to encourage you to do that. You can sign up for that on your connection card uh, or you can just uh, show up during the, the 9 a.m. time uh, when the class is held. But uh, there's going to be an opportunity for membership at the end of the class. It is not a requirement, uh, but that option will be there once you take it. Also coming up, we have our family dance. This is going to take place Friday, June 1st from 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, this is going to be a blast, so bring the entire family. It's $15 per family. 
Uh, you can get your tickets by going to SalemFields.com dance, or you can go out to the children's ministry table out there, and they're selling tickets there as well. But it's going to be a great time, so you do not want to miss it. Uh, we have a specialty small group that will be starting on Friday, uh, June the 8th at 7 p.m. Uh, this is Divorce Care, and this is really a group that is designed uh, for to help you walk through going through divorce. And so uh, it really is just a really valuable group if you are going through that where you can connect with others that are, are going through the same uh, situation. And so I know it's just really valuable, and I know it impacts people greatly. So if you want to sign up for that, all you have to do is email smallgroups at salemfields.com, or you can actually go and sign up for the group by going to salemfields.com slash smallgroups. Um, but it's going to take place the first one, June 8th, but then it will be every other Friday uh, through November. Uh, also coming up that same Friday, we will be having our men's night out. I know the slide says 6 p.m. It will actually start at 7 p.m., but we're going to have a big, massive uh, cookout for the men, and we're going to have a big cornhole tournament. And so it's going to be a great time. Uh, the cost is $5, but if you bring a guest, uh, you and the guests are completely free. Uh, so if you want more information about that, just email men at salemfields.com. But it's going to be a blast, so make sure you guys come check that out. Uh, well, we're going to continue to worship with our tithes and offerings during this next song. And, man, we know you guys have experienced the, the joy of generosity. And so if you're a guest with us, uh, don't feel obligated to give. Uh, but this is just an amazing way that we're able to still worship God by putting him first in our lives, especially in the area of finances, saying, God, I give you control and I trust you above all else. And so there are many ways that you can give. You can give cash or check as the buckets come by. Go out to one of the giving kiosks and give through debit or credit out there. Uh, online, just click that little green button in the top right-hand corner. Or, as always, you can give through the brand-new Salem Fields Community Church app, which if you have not downloaded, definitely pull out your phone and do that. And then also while you have your phone out, go ahead, check into Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, whatever social media you're using. Uh, just tell everyone you're worshiping here at Salem Fields Community Church this morning. Well, we're going to continue to worship with our tithes and offerings and with this song. So as those buckets pass by, stand with us as we continue to, to sing to the Lord.
Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. I was sitting in my office this morning, and I thought maybe y'all could help me out. There was a strange light that came in my office this morning, and I wasn't sure what it was. <laughs> anyway, uh, someone said it was the sun. <laughs> so we'll take, uh, y'all look good and waterlogged out there tonight, today. Anyway, glad you're here today. Uh, can I get just a little light, more light out there so I can see who's out there? There we go. Y'all look good. You look better in the light than you do the dark. Hey, a little boy said, Dad, did Grandpa make you go to Sunday school when you were my age? And the father said, he sure did. We went every Sunday. We never missed a Sunday. And the boy kind of got a sad look on his face, and he said, well, I bet it won't do me any good, good either. <laughs> That's kind of the story, isn't it? You know, um, this week's message is don't be fooled. Uh, church still matters. I was, I was uh, going through some old stuff uh, when I was doing this message, and I was looking back on some things, and I found this uh, interesting story that said in uh, 2003 that over 110 million people went to church somewhere in America each week. Now, if you put that into perspective, if back then, if you would take all the people who ever got, had ever gone to a basketball game or ever gone to a football game or ever gone to a baseball game or a tennis match or ever gone to any public sporting event and you add them up in a single year, that would equal the number of people, that would not equal the number of people who went to church on a single weekend in 2003. Now, that's a lot of people. When you think about all the football games and basketball games and all those sporting events, that uh, they would not equal the number of people who went to church on a single weekend in 2003. Fast forward to 2013, 10 years later, according to a Hartford Institute of Religious Research, more than 40% of Americans say they went to church weekly. And now as it turns out, however, however less than 20% of Americans are actually in church. What a deep decline, what a sharp decline. You know, in other words, more than 80% of Americans are finding uh, more fulfilling things to do on weekends. Now, these are their excuses about why people don't go to church anymore. I mean, you can, there's some funny ones and there's all kinds, but my favorite kind of one is uh, uh, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian or to get to heaven, and that's true. Any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. It's amazing to me, though, how many people say they are Christians, that they are believers in Jesus Christ, and yet struggle with this thought of regular church attendance, as if going to church doesn't matter anymore. 
It seems to me in America that we are at a crossroads on the importance of going to church. There are tens of millions of Americans that are not active in their local church. And, you know, and, uh, and that would be the same as true at Salem Fields Community Church. I mean, uh, many of us, many of you come Sunday after Sunday and uh, you come to church and come to worship service, but the reality is about only about 20% of those who attend Salem Fields Community Church are active in church. A popular Christian catchphrase is, you don't go to church, you are the church. Now, I was thinking about that. And when I think it gets dangerous, but I was wondering if we can be the church if we don't go to church. Can we be the church and not go to church? Now, in the Bible, the church never indicates uh, a single individual. I, I went through about, I don't know, 14, 15 verses in the Bible that uh, related to the church, and never once did I find any language that would indicate that um, a, a single individual lone ranger Christian just going about his Christian life, never connected to other believers, never gathering with other believers. Now, the church by its very nature means multiple believers. The biblical and historical pattern set for us by the early church was they would get together weekly uh, to worship God and at times even daily. They would also share community together in each other's homes. Uh, church uh, meant uh, getting together with other believers to worship Jesus Christ and to hear scripture together, and they were there to encourage one another and support one another in faith. Craig Crochelle, a, a pastor in Oklahoma, a very uh, successful, I guess, pastor, said there's nothing, there's nothing better to worship God together and be committed to worship him together, to hear his word. And then he said, do not reduce church to listening to a podcast or, I would say, or watching a YouTube video. It's so much more than that. It's community. It's worshiping with others. It's praying for others. It's hurting with others. It's serving others. It's being involved in the lives of others. That is the purpose of the church. I know many would maybe disagree with me in this world today, but I still believe the church is the hope of the world. I believe the church is the only hope of the world that the world has today. So today, I just want to give you a few reasons why we should not be fooled into thinking that church doesn't matter. So why does church still matter? First and foremost is because God said so. God said so. Uh, God tells us in his word, do not give up meeting together as some in the, are in the habit of doing. And when I read that, if God was speaking through a godly person at that point in the Hebrews, and as he said, as some in the habit of doing, it indicated to me that the early church was already thinking maybe the same thing that maybe I feel here today is that, uh, they, that church doesn't matter anymore that maybe they were having the same problem as the church today. But it says, do not give up meeting together, some in the habit of doing, but encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. <clears throat> now, the Bible calls the church the bride of Christ. Now, Jesus loved the church as if it was his bride. 
If you love Jesus, you will love the things that he loves, and he loves the church. The church is so important <clears throat> that God sent his only son <clears throat> to die for. He sent his only son to die for the church, and, and so it should uh, make it important to us if it's important to him, if we say that we love him and that we are a follower of Jesus Christ. One minute. You see, God didn't call us to gather and worship to burden us, you know, to inconvenience us. You know, uh, he, he called us together to bless us. And, and so going to church regularly uh, it can be one of the greatest blessings in your life and the life of your family. So the first reason that church still matters is God says so. The second reason church matters is so we can worship Jesus together. In the Bible, there's only one uh, requirement for genuine worship, and, and, and Jesus said this, true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Now, that means God wants you and I to worship him authentically and accurately. Authentically and accurately. Authentically means to worship him in spirit. Now, I want you to, maybe you know this, maybe you don't know that, but the moment that you accepted Jesus Christ and you invited him to be your Savior, the Bible teaches us that Jesus now lives and resides inside of us. He lives in our heart if we invite him in. Now, to me, this is a profoundly incredible truth that the Spirit of the living God, God himself, has taken up residence in my life and in your life if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. That is almost, uh, I mean, it's almost unbelievable that the Holy Spirit of God lives in us, but it's, it's an incredible truth. But there's also something biblically powerful about gathering together with other believers to worship in spirit and truth. Jesus says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among you, among them. So, he not only lives in us by his spirit, which is incredibly profound to me, but he is in the midst of us today as we gather to worship him. Now, think about that. I want to ask you a question. How different would you be responding this morning to the worship? How different would you be responding in this place today if Jesus Christ was here in bodily form? I mean, if he was right here, standing right here beside me, how different would your response have been when you came in the building this morning if he would have been one of the greeters? He wasn't because he had a Dallas hat on. And I know good and well that Jesus would not wear a Dallas hat. You know what I mean? Anything but that. So I know it wasn't him. I know I'm not him, but if he were here, how different would you respond? Would you, uh, during the worship, would you stand with your hands in your pocket or your arms folded, or would you make an attempt to worship him? Now, I saw an incredibly funny video this week as I was looking for video to kind of show for the message, and last night they didn't get it, but I still think it was so funny because, you know, this lady's husband had died, and she was at the casket, and she was just mourning and crying and, and just really pitching a fit. And she said, Jesus, take me instead of him. And he walked in the door. Jesus did. 
And he said, come on, sister, you're going with me. <laughs> and it was just funny, the things that she began to say. And I began to think of the things we pray and how if God answered all those ridiculous prayers that we pray. Take me. And, I, and he said uh, to the guy in the coffin, he says, come on out. <laughs> and he comes out. And she said, no, Jesus, I didn't mean that. <laughs> so, but just, you know, to say that he's here today. He is in our midst. And what difference would that make in your response? I mean, uh, would you, uh, if you knew he was going to be here before he came, would it be such a fuss to come today? But understand this, worship is much more than what happens here on the weekends. Much more than singing together or hearing the truth in a church service. And, but worship is a lifestyle. You see, worship is surrendering daily to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said, take up my cross, take up your cross, and follow me daily. And to take up the cross of Jesus every day means I have to surrender to my will and surrender my will to be what God would have for me. It means to learn to worship God every day. Worship is not just for the weekends. Worship is an everyday thing, and many times I forget that. Psalms 27 says, the thing, David said, the thing I seek most of all is the privilege of meditating in his temple. You see, David considered it a, a, a privilege to be in the temple of God, to be in the presence of God. He said, living in his presence. He counted a privilege to be in the presence of the Lord every day. Every day of my life, he says, I count it a privilege. And delighting in his incomparable, incomparable perfections and glory. That's worship. You see, worship is putting God at the center of everything I do. It's putting God in the, at the center of everything I do every day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Worship means to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. The first, this is the first and greatest command. So the church matters because we gather to worship Jesus. It matters because God said so, and it also matters because we need a place to find connection and support. <clears throat> Romans 12, 5 says, we belong to each other, and each of us needs all the others. Now, that might be frightening to some of you to think we belong to each other, but as a member of the body of Christ, as a part of the body of Christ, we belong to each other, and we need each other. That's what connection and support is all about. We need each other. All, all of us long for connection. All of us long for a place to belong. We all long for community and connection with other people. We all long for that. And see, God has given us this gift. God has given you and I this gift this morning. I mean, I don't know how many of you look at that, but it is a gift. This church, the church is a gift from God. It's a gathering time. And, and, and he gave us the gift of, of smaller groups in, uh, in each other's homes. You see, this gift fulfills something inside of us to do life with others. 
to encourage each other and to be authentically involved in each other's lives. Now, Christian TV and, and, and podcasts and, and YouTube videos and, and streaming and books and conferences, they're all great for our spiritual lives. But nothing can take the place of consistent Christian community through the local church. The church provides the connection and support that we all need. Life gets messy at times, wouldn't you agree? And we all go through messy times. Uh, you're either in a messy time right now in your life or you just came out of a messy time or hold on because you're headed toward a messy time. And when that messy time hits your life, it's going to rock your world. All of us have had a mess that's rocked our world. You know, you may have a financial mess or a career mess or a marriage wreck that will rock your life or you are going to have an emotional or moral mess that will rock your life. We're going to continue to have messy tragedies like took place in Santa Fe, Texas. We're still going to deal with those messy tragedies and there's no place like finding encouragement and connection that at the church. You know, at Salem Fields Community Church, we do our very best to support our schools. I mean, prayer time, we, every, many of us, as we go through the school zone prayers, we pray for the schools. How many of you do that? Wow, that's good. If you don't do that, if you don't do that, if some tragedy strikes our schools, that's one thing we could have done, is pray as we go through school zone prayers. You know, many people, we get on uh, Facebook and we rant about whatever the cause of that may be, but the one thing we can do as believers in Jesus Christ is pray for our schools, pray for our teachers, pray for our kids, pray for our administrators, pray for our school bus drivers. We can do that, and it will cost us nothing. I'm really passionate about that. I think every believer in Jesus Christ can pray for our schools and can pray for the safety of our kids. And I believe that God can watch over our schools. What our world needs today is godly men and women that are standing up and praying and trusting God and encouraging and being all that we can for our schools. You know, at Salem Fields Community Church, uh, there's one particular high school in, in the area, and maybe some of you know about that, that's just consistently, consistently having problems, gangs and fights and and, you know, finally, you know who they called on? Salem Fields Community Church. Finally. And Trent, just this past Thursday, got all of his clearances, and he got his badge, and he can walk in any high school in this community anytime he wants to minister. And we ought to praise the Lord for that. And we need to pray for him. We need to pray for Michelle, who has a, she's working with, uh, with um, Smith Station and starting a mentoring program there for kids that, that are troubled, kids that need little extra love, not just going in and, and talking to them, but doing activities with them and doing things with them. And, and I hope that you'll get involved in that. And, and we have outreach uh, through Kelly and, and missions at, uh, at Smith Station and at Livingston. And so... That's what the church is for. The church is not only there to be 
there when there's tragedy that happens in our life, but we do all that we can as a church to prevent tragedy from happening. And allowing people to know that if tragedy does happen, there's a church that cares. And that's why we do what we do. And so if you don't have connection and the support of others, you're going to fall apart during the messy times. You need support of others when your world is rocked. And that support is found in connections with others in the church. You know, I got to tell you, folks, you need more than a message. I mean, I, I really wouldn't even have to speak another message ever until I leave here. Because all of us that are here, most of us at least, have heard enough messages that if we would do everything that we've been taught to do that the Bible tells us to do in every message that we speak, we would never have to do another message again until we got done doing what, we, what the Bible tells us. So we don't need another message, but we need more than a message or more Bible knowledge. We can have all the Bible knowledge in the world. We need more than that to grow as a Christian the way God wants you to grow. We need relationships because life gets messy. It requires effort and intentionality and grace, the grace of God to do life together, with, even as believers. Gathering and connecting regularly with other believers becomes a re refining process whereby we help each other. We pray for each other. We encourage each other to want to follow Christ. When life gets messy, we, don't, we encourage each other not to give up. It's a truly beautiful thing when the church is really the church. If all you do is come to church once in a while and listen to the truth and a message and worship, you're never going to be grow as a Christian as God intended you to grow. You see, we need connections, relationships with other believers. You can't connect with a thousand people but you can connect with four or six or eight. And that's why it's so important to be in a small group and that's why we do small groups. You see, you need a small group for relational connections and support. You don't get relationships in a crowd. That's why you need a small group. So don't be fooled. The church still matters. Don't be fooled because the church still matters because we need the church to counter the voices of our culture. We need the church to counter the, the messiness of our world. Paul dealt with the same issue in the church in Colossians when he warned them in chapter 2, verse 8. He said, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental forces of this world rather than on Christ. You see, in the world that we live in, if we're not careful if we're not careful, we can be taken captive, captive by the false ideologies of this world, of our culture that we live in. It can become a stronger voice in our life than the voice of God in our life. And that's why we need the church. Because that voice out there is constantly, constantly badgering us. You see, it, it, it can take us captive by wrong thinking. It could take us captive by worldly views, and I see it more and more happening in our culture, in our churches, where the, the, the worldly views have begun to sneak into the church. And Paul's saying if we're not careful, it can hold us captive or hostage through the hollow and deceptive philosophy. There are so many ungodly voices speaking into our lives today. The internet. 
social media, the news media, Hollywood, music, even our schools, our co-workers, our friends and family, and the list of voices go on and on and on, and with so many of those kind of messages streaming into our lives daily, if we're not careful, before we know it, we will be held captive, and we'll move further and further away from God, not only as a church, not only as individuals, as a church, but as a society. You see, if we're not careful, it can hold us captive and move us away from God and his word and support and connections that we need in our life to overcome. Parents, I see no more important time in our life, in in our history than today that we get our kids in church on a regular basis so that they don't grow up with the same response as the little boy in the opening line that says, well, I guess it won't do me much good either. You see, it's extremely important that you and your children spend time regularly in church, filling your mind and filling their minds with godly wisdom and discernment and godly connections as you soak it in. The last reason church still matters, it's a place that you can use your spiritual gifts. And I could go on and on and on about why the church matters. But did you know that not only does the Spirit of God move into our lives, move into our lives once we receive Christ, but that God gives every believer a spiritual gift. Now, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have a spiritual gift. Now, a spiritual gift is not given to everyone. Spiritual gifts are only given to believers. If you're not a believer today, then then unfortunately you don't have a spiritual gift, but you can know Christ before you walk out the door today. But a spiritual gift is a special gift that only God gives. That only God gives an ability to enable us to serve other people and to reach other people. Romans 12, 3 through 8, and 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 31, I'm not going to read those, but they describe the gifts given by the Holy Spirit. And and you should read those couple chapters sometimes, they're in your message notes. Ephesians 4, though, explains why we serve others with our gifts, why that's important. Paul says, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. You see, it says reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of Son of God and become mature. And as long as there's someone here that hasn't reached, hasn't reached unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, then we still have work to do as a church. Attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You see, spiritual gifts are given by God to unify teach, and teach us about Jesus and to help us mature together. Spiritual gifts are not given to glorify a person. Spiritual gifts are given to build up the church, to unify the church, to teach us and mature us. 
There are a variety of spiritual gifts, but each is important. Ephesians 4.16 says, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now notice Paul says that each part is needed, just like each part of the body is needed. You know, I might break my, if I break my little toe, which seems in, insignificant, I learn quickly, though, that I need a healthy toe to walk correctly. Likewise, each follower of Jesus Christ needs the others for the body to function the way God intends it. As long as there's people in the body of Christ here at Salem Fields Community Church that's not using their spiritual gift, then this body is not functioning in the way that God intends us to function. We're all needed. We all have a significant role, a significant part in the church. If you say Salem Fields Community Church is your church, then we need you to use your spiritual gift so that we can do all that God intends us to do as a church. And, and when, you when we have a church where there's only about 20% of the people using their spiritual gifts, I got to say to you, we're a long way from fulfilling all that God wants us to fulfill as a church. That's not meant to make anybody feel guilty. It's meant to challenge you by the word of God that your spiritual gift is needed. It is important. It's important in this church. It's important in the body of Christ. Every person here has a role to play as we share real hope with everyone everywhere. And if you don't fulfill that role, we're not as effective and healthy as God intends us to be. You see, because spiritual gifts are given to build up the people of God, and the best place to discover and use your gift is in the local church. At Salem Fields, we have over 50 ministries where you can use your spiritual gift uh, to help others grow spiritually. And as we use those spiritual gifts, we can create an environment that leads people to the hope found in Jesus. And we may have ministries that are not even happening that God intends for us to happen, happen here because you're not using your spiritual gift. Because you may have a spiritual gift that there's not a ministry for that God intends for us to use. There are many spiritual gift tests that will help you discover your spiritual gift. But one quick way to discover your gift is to ask yourself uh, these three simple questions that are printed in your notes. The first question, what are you passionate about? I mean, what are you really passionate about? What moves your heart? You know, what makes you cry? I mean, what just really gets to the, your heart and just, or even makes you happy? And what do I enjoy doing? And ask yourself that and, and then put that to practice and see, is this my spiritual gift? Ask a staff to help you get plugged in. You see, the body of Christ needs your spiritual gift. And if you haven't already discovered yours, ask yourself those simple questions. What I want you to do before you leave is, if you're not in a ministry, if you're not using your spiritual gift, would you just put on the connection card and drop in the bucket as you leave? And I haven't asked the ushers, but somebody can be back there with buckets. And just drop the card in and say, I want to serve. And we'll do our best as a staff to help you find your spiritual gift and help you to serve. We need you as a church. 
You see, once you've discovered your spiritual gift or gifts, find a place to use them, and then watch how God uses what you have to do, you have to do amazing things, and at the same time, watch your spiritual life soar to a whole new level of spiritual maturity. Maybe you're not, you're not where you want to be in your spiritual maturity, and it may be because you're not using your spiritual gift. So don't let excuses stand in the way of what you know God is calling you to do. God will, God will strengthen you and he'll empower you and he'll grow you to do what he has gifted you to do. Now let me be clear in closing about something. Going to church does not save you. Only the good news can save you. Only the good news can save you. And spreading the good news is why Salem Fields exists. What is the good news? Here's the good news as I see it. The good news is you're not on this earth by accident. You're not an accident. The good news is you're not your parents' mistake. You know, your parents say, well, you were a mistake. You're not a mistake. There are no mistakes. Children are a gift from God. And the good news is you're no mistake. The good news is you're not what someone else says you are. You're not that person that you were called on the playground or on the football team or at your workplace. You're not that person. You're not who someone said you were. The good news is you were made to live forever. The good news is that God has a purpose for your life. You see, the good news is no matter what you've done in your life, no matter what you even did last night, Jesus Christ will forgive you because he's paid for it on the cross. It's paid for. Once we confess our sins, the good news is that God cast them as far as the east is the west, never, ever, ever to be remembered against us again. That's the good news. You might be in church today or worshiping with us online just so you can hear the good news. And if you're here and you've already received the good news, maybe it's time for you to live your life like the church still matters. Because the church still matters. Because there are people out there that still need to hear the good news. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this gathering this morning. I thank you for every person that's in this room, those that are online or in the cafe or wherever. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would fall fresh in you upon us right now. I pray, dear God, that you would use that which has been spoken today to challenge us and to grow us and to help us become mature as believers and as a church. God, I pray today that your Holy Spirit would minister to those. Maybe you're here today and you've never accepted or experienced the good news in your life. Maybe you're still living as an accident or a mistake. Or you're still living by that name or thing that maybe a parent or a teacher or a friend said you were. Maybe you're still living with your sins, never been forgiven of all of your sins. If that's you today, I just want to challenge you right now to pray this prayer with me. You don't have to pray it out loud, but you can. I know I say the same thing every time I do this, but I don't know what else to say. 
And you pray this prayer, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Then you pray, Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. Here they are, God. They're all in a bundle. Please forgive me. Jesus, I invite you into my life to be my Savior. Now you just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of my sins. And thank you, Jesus, for being my Savior. Now, if you prayed that prayer this morning, there's a place at the back of the church today in the auditorium here that little banner says, except Jesus, stop here. If you'd stop there and talk to one of our pastors there, that'd be great. We have something that would just help you in your journey to live out that, that, uh, what happened in your life today. If you're a believer here today and you're not using your spiritual gifts or you've kind of lost your luster for the church and you just come because you come because it's what you do. The church still matters. And Salem Fields Community Church needs you. You need Salem Fields Community Church. We need each other. So I pray, Father, that we will just once again grasp the importance of your church. Father, you said that on this rock you will build your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and worship together. Yeah.
Praise the Lord. You know, not only does the church matter in your life, as I said before, but each of you still matter to Salem Fields Community Church. I know that many of you are faithful, and you've been faithful for years here, and, and uh, I, again, I so appreciate that in our staff. Without you, this church would not exist, and we know that. As you may, as you know that, uh, or may or may not know, that we're coming up to summer. And summer, I can tell you, can be really, really tough on the church, and tough on the church and resources because people just leave during the summer. And so when, we, uh, when you go on that much-deserved vacation and you take your time, and your, when you go on that vacation that you deserve, many people just take their time and their talents and their resources with you. So here's what I'm asking you to help us do this summer. When you're in, when you're in town, will you come to church? Just come to church. Just show up and invite somebody to come with you. You know, that's not hard. Just come to church. Maybe it is. Uh, and if you're not serving, we shouldn't have to beg you to serve during the summer. We need your help. What if you came this summer and there was no children's ministry and there was no student ministry and there was no technology and no microphones and there was no lights? You probably wouldn't come back, would you? We need you uh, this summer. So if you, would, if you could just... Help us this summer, eight weeks, six weeks. You say, I can give a month, give a month. Also, when you leave town and you're not in church, will you continue to give as if you were in church? I can't tell you at the summer at time how difficult it is. And the best way you can do that is have your tithe automatically uh, deposit, deposit directly or set up automatic giving on your brand new Salem Fields Community Church app. If you'll do those three things, it really was, all seriousness, it would benefit your church this summer to keep the church in mind and go on that vacation and do what you need to do, but just keep, uh, keep the church in mind that we're still doing what God called us to do uh, during June, July, and August. So thank you for that. God bless you, and have a great week. <laughs>